evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the April 1st edition of The Court Report on the Nakam Siegel Network, the premier place to get all your sports news and information regarding the Yeshiva League. The Court Report, brought to you by Crown Trophy of Brooklyn, comes to you every Sunday night at 7 p.m., as well as an encore presentation on Tuesday night at 7 p.m. right here on the Nakam Siegel Network. Tonight, however, we are coming to you on Tuesday night because of all the Sarachek action that happened this week and that culminated in yesterday's championship games. So instead of giving you a half report on Sunday, night, we decided to give you the full report tonight. Thank you once again to our amazing sponsor, Crown Trophy of Brooklyn. If you've won an MYHSAL championship over the last decade, you already know about the great job that they do. Please contact Mike and his amazing staff at Crown Trophy of Brooklyn for all of your trophy and plaque needs. They can be reached at 718-769-4111. Again, I'm your host, Elliot Weiselberg, assistant coach of the Yeshiva of Flatbush Falcons JV and varsity hockey teams, and co-coach of the 2013-2014 Metropolitan Yeshiva Junior High Hockey League champions, the Hartova Hattricks. We'll get to that in a second, but most of all, like you, I am a Yeshiva League fan, and I am humbled and privileged to be able to share the amazing efforts and accomplishments of these kids each and every week with you. On tonight's show, we will take a look at some highlights from this year's Sarachek tournament, and we'll have for you a special interview with a very, very familiar voice to all of you longtime Jam in the AM listeners. That's right, folks. I had the opportunity to sit down with Isaac Benishai on Sunday night, and we'll get his take on the amazing action that occurred up at YU this weekend. After that, we'll recap the winners and take a look at what happened in the Tier 1 championship game. But first, a promise is a promise, and boys, you deserve this. Thursday night in DRS, the Yeshiva Hartora Hattricks took on the Hank Cavaliers in the MYJHHL Championship game. First period action, Hank takes a 1-0 lead on a shot that deflected off of a Hartora defender and passed YHT goalie Jakey Friedman into the net. 35 seconds into the second period, however, YHT struck back on a goal off of a faceoff in the offensive zone by Kobe Cohen, and the game was tied at 1. Three minutes later, Cohen stripped the ball away from a Hank defenseman moved into the zone and put the ball inside the far post to give Hartora the lead. YHT was not done, though, as less than a minute later, Cohen would assist on a goal by Jacob Corman from in front to put the Hattricks up two goals, a lead they would carry deep into the third, despite having to kill off consecutive penalties to end the second period. Late third, though, things got interesting. With Hank's goalie pulled, YHT was called for another penalty, and seven seconds into the five-on-three, Friedman seeded only his seventh goal against this season, and the first power play goal against of the year. Off the stick of Hank's Bernie Maslin. Back within one, Hank looked to press the action, but the defense of Zach Finkelman, Joe Wortman, and Jacob Linder held the fourth down in front of Friedman as a clock ran out, giving Hartor its first ever championship. Congratulations to my co-coach, my mentor, and my rabbi, Rabbi Tobia Fried, Rabbi Menchel, and the entire school, and congratulations to Kobe Cohen on being named the most valuable player for his efforts, while being nowhere near 100%. The details need not be explained, but Michael Jordan and Willis Reed would be proud. Speaking of which, now with the uh, self-aggrandizing out of the way, let's get down to some basketball action. Uh, the 2014 Red Sarachek tournament kicked off on Thursday at Yeshiva University. Tier 1 qualification action saw three Yeshiva League teams participating and taking home victories, including MTA's 57-56 upset win over Ida Crown, despite a 28-point Ida Crown third quarter that erased what was at one point a 21-point MTA lead. First defeated Mimo of Boston 58-38, and TABC downhill of Miami 55-40. Another notable action, New Jew down Fuchs, and Tier 2 qualifications saw two upsets, as number 17 Berman upset number 16 Hyman Brand, and number 18 Atlanta defeated number 15 Cooper 50-46. 
Friday brought the bye teams into the mix as Eula, North Shore, Hafter, and Yavna stood up, but not all would advance. Eula cruised by MTA by 15 points, and Hafter used a 29-12 second half to pull away from Nuju, 52-33. But TABC, the 5 seed, knocked off number 4 Yavna, 65-54, and in a battle of two Yeshiva League powers, 8 seed Frisch downed Yeshiva League champion number 2 North Shore, 58-52. Saturday night saw the Tier 4 semis play out, with yours truly calling the action for Hyman Brand's victory over Block. I'd like to thank Max Live, specifically Benny Statman, Courtney Thomas, and Shlomo Weisberg, whom you heard on JM and AM on Thursday morning to preview the action, for allowing me to play a role in this year's event, and to Stephanie Greenberg, who did a fabulous job joining me as color commentator for that game. Big Sunday would prove to be just that, as all four tiers featured games. In Tier 1 consolation bracket, Yavne and North Shore dropped MTA and New Jew respectively, but the marquee matchups of the day were the Tier 1 semifinals. In the opening game, Eula turned away TABC, despite the Storm opening up an 11-4 lead to begin the game, as the Panthers got 22 points from Daniel Tion in Eula's 45-31 win, an incredible performance which Isaac and I will get to later on this show. The second semifinal featured Frisch's second Yeshiva League matchup, this time taking on number 3 Hafter. The 8-seeded Cougars were down 8 at the half, but went on a 13-1 run to start the third, sparked by Justin and Tyler Hode before upending the Hawks 43-38. Now before we get to Monday's action, I had the opportunity to sit down with Max Live broadcaster and Yeshiva Sports Internet webcast pioneer and a great friend, Isaac Beneshai, on Sunday night. You've actually been hearing Isaac's voice all season long in the theme song to our show at around the 12-second mark. And here's how that interview went. I'm here right now on the campus of Yeshiva University, and sitting with me is a, fam- a probably a familiar voice to uh, everybody out there, Isaac Beneshai. Isaac has been working for how many years now with Max Live on the Red Sarachek? This would be the ninth year, El. Wow, nine years. So as long as I've been coaching, you've been doing this. That's amazing. That's crazy. So Isaac has been working and broadcasting with Max Live for the better part of the last nine years, and he has come back after a three-year hiatus to cover this year's Red Saracek tournament. I asked for a few minutes with him because he's had the chance to see a lot of the action, and uh, he's going to help us break down uh, the championship games that will be played tomorrow. Again, I'm uh, I'm going to be re- I'm recording this on Sunday, uh, and we're going to fill the rest of this in. Monday night after the championship has happened. So we're talking as if the game hasn't happened yet because it really hasn't. So today is Sunday. We just witnessed the two Tier 1 semifinal matchups. The first one between Eula and TABC, a game which you happened to call, and the second between Frisch and Hafter. Let, let's talk about how we got here. Uh, I, I think the, the biggest... The bigger surprise for the Tier 1 games, uh, I'm going to go with just the semifinal games, had to be the the upset of Frisch over North Shore. I, I don't think many people expected expected um, Frisch to be this far. But what did you see from Frisch today in the, in, the, in the small amount that you watched that showed why they probably overtook North Shore and are now, uh, are now in the situation they're in? You know, a lot of the times you don't talk about the intangibles, um, the crowd, momentum in general. Um, I think Frisch, uh, and I was delighted to see this, uh, the Frisch crowd really getting behind their team, even down early. Frisch was down 16-6 early on in the game. And their fans just got behind uh, the team. and they're out there Two hafter. Aha, uh-huh, so we're talking about today's game. Perfect. That's correct, yes. Frisch, Frisch hafter today. Um, my, uh, I'm not talking about the North Shore game uh, on, uh, on Friday. Um, but I love the way that even down by 10 points, the team, the, the fans got behind the team, you know, and, and it was it was great to see uh, guys in the court 
um, Justin Hode playing extremely well, and, and Benny Tuckman and, um, and uh, uh, Jake Reichel. A lot of great, great talent on that team. Now, as you said, they were down early, yes. and it came to a point where at the half they were down 23-15, and in the early part of the third quarter, they had amassed a 13-1 run, ended up after only scoring five points in that third quarter. Tell me a little bit more about the momentum shift coming out of the half, because what happened, you, know, you and I were standing up on that catwalk above, and what we saw was absolutely phenomenal basketball by Frisch. I think we're talking... Frisch going into the locker room, regrouping, and clamping down on defense, causing turnovers. I mean, we've seen it not just from this game between or the game that occurred today uh, between Frisch and Hafter, but throughout the tournament. It's been a game of runs, really. Uh, And we've seen teams – it's very interesting, actually. We saw a game on Thursday night where MTA uh, upset Ida Crown out of Chicago. And we almost saw MTA, well, Ida Crown came roaring back. I mean, they were down by 22 points in the third oh, quarter. ridiculous. And they came back. So down by eight, third, uh, at the end of the half, um, Frisch goes into the locker room. And they come out really playing a lot better defense, mirroring what Ida Crown did with MTA on Thursday, which was not letting them get past the half court, pressuring the ball. And... The lack of a true point guard on a lot of these teams hurts them ultimately uh, come these big game situations where they don't have one guy to literally just control the tempo of the game and get that ball across the half-court line in a press situation. Now, just veering off on a tangent for a second, you talked about the Ida Crown MTA game. Would you say that what MTA did that game happened to be the biggest upset this year? Yes, easily. MTA was, in the regular season, not a middle-of-the-road Yeshiva League team. Uh, to say the least. And the fact that they come out and they beat, as a 10 seed, a 7 seed at a crown team, that, for the most part, had a couple of good pieces that could have challenged North Shore on, 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 in a Tier 1 quarterfinal and maybe even make a Tier 1 semi. But MTA, Lipner, and, 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 and Teichman, and these guys are not these big-name household names. I love those stories. I love those stories come playoff time, come Saracek time, where we can all wrap our hands around these unknown players and these unknown teams. And MTA happens to be a home team. But, however, they weren't going to – no one picked them to do anything in this tournament. They picked them to lose in the first round by a lot, a supposedly a blowout. And it was very nice to see them pull it out. And, and make it to day two, and unfortunately they fell to Eula on day two. I mean, we look at this. This is this is the Yeshiva March Madness. This is the Dayton story. Oh, yeah. Or even now, as we're sitting here, the UConn story, making it to the Final Four today. Yes. <laughs> so yes. I believe you mentioned the, you know, Eula. So let's, <clears throat> let's, go to, let's go to the game you called today, Eula TABC. What about that game really stood out to you? Uh, Eula TABC. Uh, what stood out to me was Eula's depth. And their ability to use their star center, Jojo Himmelman, in like a free safety kind of defensive situation where they had four guys who were defending the ball or defending their men. And just uh, uh, Himmelman was, was, was like, like a grasshopper. It was like the coolest thing, like a grasshopper. He would go from one end to the other end to the other end. This guy is six foot seven, six foot eight. He's the biggest, one of the biggest guys I've ever seen on on the Saracek court here at um, uh, challenging uh, uh, Lieberman. Oh, for sure! It was so cool to see. Like there was like a first line of defense, and then Jojo Himmelman. And like if you get past the first line of defense, good luck because Himmelman is going to stick his 
humongous long arms in your face, you ain't getting one shot off against this guy. He's phenomenal. And he was a huge, huge, huge obstacle, especially for Rayshua Zerman today. Zerman had a really tough time um, trying to uh, not – he would get the ball at the top. He would try and drive or he would try to step back and hit a three – like – it just wasn't working. He, was, he only scored five points on the game. He, was, he had a very difficult shooting day. And it was because of, you know, he was guarded at the top by Adam, by Adam Lieber, a, a forward for Eula. And then when he got past Lieber, there was Jojo Himmelman. And it's like, if I was Joshua Zerman, like, man, I just beat a great defender in Adam Lieber. And then, oh, yeah. I got to pass Jojo Hamilton. And we're talking <laughs> to Zerman, who is easily one of the top stars in the Metropolitan Yeshiva High School Basketball League. Yeah. So putting Himmelman, put Himmelman on that stage in the Yeshiva League, where does he compare? What could he do for a team in the league that right now would be middling, that obviously doesn't have decent center coverage? What could he do for a mid-level team in the Yeshiva League? Puts them over the top. Not necessarily to win, because, again, there's a lot of things that go in, or a lot of variables, you know, how one team is playing on that day. Any team that has Jojo Himmelman on it in the Yeshiva League is an automatic contender. And, I mean, not just, like, a quarterfinal contender, not just a semifinal contender. They're making it to the championship. Wow, that, that's very heavy praise. But that, that's exactly what the kid did today. Speaking of, speaking of taking it to that next level, we saw today somebody stepping up next man up style. Talk to us about the void and the fill-in. So Ariel Sokol, um, who is a three-time Saracek participant, and, and he has a story in and of himself, right? Um, Sokol having won with Eula back in 2012, then having won – switched schools, then having won with Shalhevit in 2013, and then now playing back at Eula – going for his third straight Tier 1 championship. Like, let's put that into perspective. He's 8-0 and at the Red Saracek tournament over three years. And by the time this airs, he may be 9-0 and and already with his third. That's correct. So that's... Has anyone ever done that before? Just a... No. No. This would be the first time a player has won three straight Saracek championships. I, I, I'm, you know, we, can, we could be seeing history on Championship Monday. Now, that's, that was the void because, as we no, now know... Ariel Sokol uh, went down with an injury, and his fill-in, the sixth man, the first one off the bench, Daniel Sion, Jr., it's his first time at the Saracek tournament, and what does he do? He just goes out and scores 22 points. I love that. Eula has so many, like, that gives me chills. Like, Eula has so many of those guys. Like, I'm sorry, there's, like, a West Coast love affair that I have a little bit with, like, with like those kinds so, of so teams. So you double up your Syracuse love affair with a West Coast love affair for in, oh, when that, it comes that. to high school. <laughs> Look, I always told my friends... If I didn't go to Syracuse, then I would have gone to Duke. I know it's crazy. But if I didn't go to Duke, then I would have gone to UCLA, actually. So um, I love the West Coast, and I love what these guys come. They come to the tournament, and they're always contending. I just love that. And the reason why, the reason why is because they just know how to play basketball out there. There's something, not in the water, but there's something with the kids that they just get down and play. And Daniel Sion, you know, next man up style, gets up there. And what does he do? Okay, you know, Ariel Sokol's out. Who, get, who cares? I'll, be, I'll get in there, and I'll score 22 points. Let's talk about ice water. We're talking 33-31 uh, Eula, 3.40 left to go in the game. For the remainder of the, of the quarter, Sion goes out, scores nine points by himself, outscoring, I mean, nine, nine of 12 for his team. 
which completely obliterates TABC, which didn't score the rest of the half, the rest of the game. The final score, 45-31. There are different gears on a motorcycle, right? First gear, second gear, third gear. Today, Daniel Tsion was the fourth gear. He was like, they played 33-31 to three and a half minutes left in, the, in, in, in regulation. And then it was like Eli Hammy, Euless coach, notches up that, that neck to that next level, to the next gear. And there goes Daniel Sion. And see you later. Bye. All right. Just so we, we've gone through Frisch and we've gone through Eulo. That's the matchup that's going to happen on Championship Monday. Give me your breakdown. Who's going to win this game? Well, it's interesting because Frisch and Eulo played against each other last year in the Tier 1 semifinals. And Frisch won. Different team, different players now for Frisch. Judah Cohn happened to be the best Yeshiva League basketball player in the last, I think, two years. Um, and he uh, graduated. Um, so different Frisch team uh, and a different uh, and a different Eula team as well. I was just about to ask. There are two sides to that coin. Right. Eula isn't the same team that were last year either. No, but at the same time, uh, the pieces are. Daniel Sion didn't play last year. Correct. Right. And Sokol didn't play last year either. So they've gained. I we believe Sokol will play on Championship Monday. Um, what the trainers were saying, and I think I th we think he'll play. But you get Sokol and you get Sion, and on top of that, you bring Himmelman and Solomon uh, back. I mean, you 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 have a, a really lethal combination of four guys who they're pretty darn good. And if the way things have been going, I can see Jojo Himmelman winning and Ariel Sokol winning their next Tier 1 championship. I, 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 I truly believe I think the size is there. I think the speed is there. I think the shooting is there. I truly believe that Eula will beat Frisch tomorrow. I, I, think, uh, I think they end Frisch's storied run as an eighth seed to this, to this, uh, to this Tier 1 championship. Well, that might I think be the phenomenal part of this, the fact that they are the eighth seed. Just to recap, Frisch has the eighth seed. On Friday, knocked off number two, North Shore. Frisch has the eighth seed today, knocked off number three, Hafter. Tomorrow, Frisch goes against number one, Eula. So we have your prediction. Let me, let's me let let's take a little look back, though, at the rest of the tournament. What, what was your favorite moment from this year's tournament? My favorite moment ha had to have been the MTA Ida Crown game from, uh, from Thursday night. Um, it was a 5.30 primetime game. All of the MTA guys coming out of Zeisman Hall, coming over to the uh, Max Stern Athletic Center right across the street. Um, as a student, they'll remember that forever, right? Where were you on the night that Lipner hit 20, had 26 points and the MTA Lions held off a 26-point swing, a 26-point surge in the third quarter from the Ida Crown Aces to hold off one of the perennial powerhouse teams at Sarachek Tournament in a down year. That's the moment as a student that would be the great, like, man, I went to Ramaz, and, like, I remember where I was when we, my junior year, when we won our first varsity basketball championship in 41 years. Like, I remember where I was. So, like, that kind of moment for students, I think that's the greatest part about it. And also, that was my favorite moment from the tournament so far, easily. So, what you just mentioned, as we said before, was a 10-7 upset. Let me ask, is there something there to be said about the seeding? Do you, do you believe that that might have been a misseed MTA at 10? Or do you think it was justified and they just caught fire? I think it was justified and they caught fire. I mean, Lipner having 26 points, um, 
that just about says it. Um, uh, he had, I think, half of his team's points. I mean, maybe more. And Lipner does not score 26 points every day. So that being said, I know Nachum asked us of Shlomo Weisberg on Thursday morning when we were on JM in the AM. Given the seedings, anything that should be changed? Um, yeah, I, I would have to say, um, you know, I had a chance to call a game between Yeshiva Atlanta and um, which uh, Cooper? Cooper Memphis. That's right. Thank you for reminding me. Yeshiva Atlanta comes into the Saracek tournament every year, and they're real competitors. But what seed are they? They were 18 seed. Wow, an 18. Wow. And and usually, and they were an 18 seed playing against a 15. Usually, when an 18 seed comes in here, they don't do too well. Um, I think that that game we saw a young freshman named Dustin Diani just light up from three. He had 15 points all off of threes. It was the difference. I mean, his 15 points was the difference in the game between them winning. They're now actually playing uh, for a tier three championship tomorrow, I think. I believe so. They are paying. And you mentioned to me, you mentioned to me, you felt they can compete for tier two. You know what? I think they could. Um, They have three guys on that team, uh, Kalnitz, Ratner, and Weissman, that were all real, really good, good guys, really physical guys. And they put the ball in the basket. Um, Now, for those of you out there who have or recall Shuki Merlis, that was really the last time that Yeshiva Atlanta was relevant. And, it's really good to see a team that comes in here and doesn't usually make the tier three or tier two. We're talking perform. we're talking quite a number of years. You're dating yes. yourself now. Uh yeah, we're talking like ten ten years ago. Yeah. This it was is a while ago. This is this is back even before the YLS radio days. Yes. Wow. Yes. It was a while ago. It was before I even before we even started the sports report for uh for Jame and the AM. Um, there was Shuki Merlis, um, and I could remember him playing for YU towards the end of his career at YU. And that was really the last time Yeshiva Atlanta, when he was in high school, that they were relevant. And, it, and it's nice, and again, it's nice to see now that this team coming in, they should have been a higher seed for sure. They should have been a 13 or a 14 seed um, easily. And I think uh, I think they also should have won. They, they would have lost a heartbreaker on Friday. It would have put them in a Tier 2 semifinal today, which is wild if you think about yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Like, Really, like a team that should have been an in tier 18, four. An 18 seed. They, sh- they really should have been. They should have won that game on Friday, and if they did, they, we would have seen them just now play in the uh, Tier 2 semifinal, which is actually going on as we speak. Right. Okay, so I have a question. Now that we've, we've pretty much covered mm-hmm. about Sarachuk, I wanted to get your impressions on what we're doing here right now. You you were the originator of the JMNAM Sports Report. And I've always said that YLS Radio, which we both happen to be a part of when it was here, was way ahead of its time. You you set the stage for this, and now that you see what what has become with the NSN Court Report, what are your impressions of how far we've gone and how far we've yet to go? You know, back in 2006, um, when this idea, after the first year of doing the sports report for Nachum hatched, in my uh, in my third floor bedroom in a house in Englewood, um, I, uh, I, th- I I actually was very optimistic. You know, I think it was a little bit ahead of its time. Uh, I think that um, uh, administrators and, and, and coaches may not have been ready for the amount of coverage um, that they were getting or their kids were getting. But I think what you do, Elliot, uh, what Nahum does, uh, what Max Live does, it fills the void there of... Parents who just want to shep nachas, right? I mean, at the end of at the heart of it, none of these kids are going pro. But these guys, this is their pro. This exactly, 
and the parents Sorry want, if I stole your thunder there. No, it's okay. <laughs> and and this the parents want to relish in the success, albeit minor, but success of their kids. And I think that what you do, what Nachum does, what Max Live does, it allows these parents the opportunity gives the parents the opportunity and finally the coaches and the administrators have finally caught on and have seen, you know, what what, how popular it could be. Okay, Isaac, thank you very much for taking time to sit down with me. Thanks for getting the band back together. This is <laughs> this is reliving old memories. We're talking eight years in the making. Yeah. Isaac, thank you very much. Uh, thanks for all the coverage, and thanks for everything that you've done. So once again, that was Max Live broadcaster and former Jam in the AM Sports Update anchor, Isaac Benershai, whom I had the chance to sit down with on Sunday night, prior to Championship Monday. Uh, once again, you're listening to The Court Report on the Nakam Siegel Network. I'm Elliot Weiselberg. So would Isaac's predictions prove true? With a standing room only crowd in the Maxstone Athletic Center on Monday afternoon, number one Eula and number eight Frisch squared off. The Cougars jumped out of the gate hot, with Justin Hode scoring 10 of the first 14 Frisch points and his 18 for the game. Part of that run would stake the Cougars to an 8-6 lead at the end of the first quarter. The team stayed fairly close for the remainder of the first half, with Eula taking over a slim three-point lead heading into the halftime break. In the third, Frisch closed the gap, outscoring the Panthers 9-6 to send the game tied into the final quarter of play. However, once the fourth quarter started, Eula showed exactly why they were the number one seed, going on an 8-0 run for the first half of the fourth quarter, a string that would almost match Frisch's scoring output for the entire quarter. Frisch attempted a comeback, but the player the main four that Isaac had mentioned, so-called Sion, Solomon, and Himmelman, made sure that the game would get a- would not get away, as the Panthers capped off their eighth Saracek championship. Frisch attempted a comeback, but the play of the main four that Isaac had mentioned, Sokold, Sion, Solomon, and Himmelman, made sure that the game would not get away as the Panthers capped off their eighth Saracek championship with a 45-35 finals victory. Sokol led the team with 14 in capturing his third straight championship. Sion followed up his 22-point day against TABC with a 10-point effort against Frisch, and Himmelman rounded out the sheet with 8 points and 10 boards on the afternoon. In the other games on the day, TABC topped Hafter in the third-place game, 44-38. North Shore upended Yavne to take home the Tier 1 consolation bracket. Ida Crown, the loser of the first-day game to MTA, took home the Tier 2 top prize, downing Fuchs Mizrahi, 37-34. That 18 seed that Isaac raved about, Atlanta, knocked off Kohelet, 43-40, to win the Tier 3 crown, and Cooper defeated Hyman Brand to earn the Tier 4 title. Champion Eula's Jojo Himmelman was awarded Tournament Most Valuable Player honors for his efforts over Eula's three days of play. Just going to run down the list of the tournament awardees. First three-point shootout winner, Ellie Well of Ida Crown. The All-Stars for the weekend, Angel Axelbaum of Block St. Louis, Gabe Berger from Nuju, Alex Froimzen from Hillel, Gabe Goldstein from Cooper Memphis, Joe Gutowitz from, from Hyman Brand, Tyler Hode from Frisch, Adam Carnett of Yavne, Elazar Colomb of Ida Crown, Daniel Lasko from Weinbaum, David Levidian from Berman, Marcus Lobenstein from Sky High, Avery Lubin of North Shore, Rami Pinchot from Ida Crown, Dan Polea from TABC, Alex Schoenfeld of Hafter, Aaron Simmons from Kohelet, David Spiro from Pukesmith Rocky, Ezra Teichman of MTA, Benny Tuckman of Frisch, Josh Weissman of Each of Atlanta, and Ellie Winton of Maimonides. Tier 4 MVP Brian Itkowitz of Cooper Memphis, Tier 3 MVP Miles Ratner of Each of Atlanta, Tier 2 MVP Kevin Bokar of Ida Crown. 
Second team all-tournament honors went to Ari Barshane of Fuchs, Idan Evenheim of Nuju, Yoni Klausner of Maimonides, who also happened to have the top-scoring game of the tournament, scoring 35 against Hill of Miami, Elliot Lipner of MTA, and Josh Stern of Berman Hebrew Academy. First team all-tournament honors went to Yeshiva League players Justin Hode of Frisch, Michael Zabrowski of North Shore, and Yeshua Zerman of TABC, and those are rounded up by Menachem Solomon and Daniel Tzion of Eula. All right, folks. Not only does this round up our show, but for the time being, it also wraps up our coverage of the sports report. Uh, I thank you for welcoming me into your homes over the last four months and hope that you've had as much fun listening to this program as I've had putting it together. To the senior class of 2014, thank you for an amazing four years. We here at the network wish you mazlan haslacha as you move on to the next stages of your life, but hope that you never forget the lessons that you learned and the times that you had on the grand stage. A thank you as well to Nachum Siegel and Miriam Wallach from myself, who have shown massive amounts of faith and confidence in me and for making me your guide to all the Yeshiva League action. Stay tuned to Facebook and Twitter for future episodes and other special events on the NSN Court Report, as well as all the other amazing programming on the Nachum Siegel Network. If you missed any part of this episode or any part of this season, you can find the Court Report on iTunes or the Nachum Siegel Network app on iPod. Tomorrow morning, JM in the AM with Nachum Siegel from 6 to 9 a.m., live on the stream NachumSiegel.com, JM in the AM.org, or on your radio 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, 91.9 FM Rockland County. Before I leave tonight, I want to thank you for joining me. My thanks again to Crown Trophy of Brooklyn for their support all season long. They can be reached at 718-769-4111. And leaving you off with a little change-up in this week's words from the wise. This is from me. The sun is set on today, but tomorrow the sun will rise and it will all begin again. My name is Elliot Weiselberg, and this has been The Court Report on the Nakam Siegel Network, the premier place to get all your sports news and information regarding the Yeshiva League. Thank you all for tuning in, only on the Nakam Siegel Network.